Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Had a couple of guests talk about the Charlotte 49ers spring game. Hunter Bailey joined us in studio. That segment will be on our website, WFNZ.com. Already up there. Oh, sweet. Look at you. Man, I, I, I don't know what to do because you haven't talked a whole lot today. I know this is different because you're suffering from allergies. But also, if you're putting up content on the website as we go, if you're putting together montages with DMX in it, Mm -hmm. talking hockey, you've been pitching a perfect game behind the board. You tell me what we should do, because you've been killing it as a producer and solely as a producer today. Should we just not let you talk anymore? That's what people want to have happen. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you that's not going to happen. By the way. Mm -hmm. I was told growing up that, that, that you could develop allergies. I never believed that was a thing until I developed allergies. <laughs> oh, my happened. God. No, it happened to me, too. It happened early on, but as a kid, never had allergies. was totally fine. And then I think around middle school, high school, I started to suffer very much so from allergies. Dude, me, it's a problem. And, me and Flounder were recording a podcast this morning, and he disclosed to me during the recording, we hung out with our guy NASCAR Brad yesterday. He just texted in, by the way. And he said that I, quote, look like death. So, Brad, <laughs> sorry I was such bad company. Oh, no. But, man. What's funny is you just said he told you you looked like death, and he just texted in a compliment. My main man, Fitty, working hard as always. <laughs> Power, your flex emoji, fire emoji, but then he also said you look like death. So that's tough. I don't think you look like death. I don't even think you sound that bad. I just know you're struggling internally. Yeah. All Thank right. you. All Thank right. you for the kind word. Yeah, no problem. All right. Are you ready, Wes? Yeah. I know you just put a video up saying that I was going <laughs> to cheat again. I don't yeah, appreciate well, it. And I've had allergies all my life, so... Well, I don't feel bad for you guys. Well, I'm about to beat the snot out of you right here. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's time for the Prospect Duels. Go ahead, big dog. What you got for us today as you lead us off at 93, by the way, we have been doing third. Yeah, we're in a third round now. So we're third round. You can move up, back, whatever. But really, third round baseline is what we're going for this prospect duel. And Wes will lead us off. Well, we are in the third round, but listen, I have first round talent. I don't know why I'm still sitting here, but I go <laughs> 5'11", 178. Maybe that's why I'm sitting there at the cornerback position. Maybe they're worried about the wear and tear from me hitting folks all the time that maybe I won't be able to make it. But if it's speed you want at this position, it's speed you shall get to the tune of four two six. I run the 40 and listen, my shoes were still smoking after I got done running my 40. Add to that a 38 and a half inch vertical, a 10 foot, 11 inch broad jump. I was a four year letterman at my school. I had three career interceptions, 17 passes defended. 
in coverage, it's been said that I am an irritant for opposing wide receivers. I have elite deep speed. I have oily hips. That means I can turn them real fast and get after those receivers with textbook coverage. Patience, instincts, especially in man-to-man coverage, I've got that. I run with nearly every wide receiver I face. If I can't, my shoe must have been untied. I must have got tripped or something. No excuses already. People call me sticky. I'm routinely spotted in the hip pocket of opposing receivers. I know them so well. I know their girlfriend's middle name. Oh, yeah, and I can get busy in the zone as well. My drops are great. My football IQ is great. I'm going to squeeze that route, figure out where your quarterback's going, and I'm going to make a play on it and be going the other way, and you're not going to catch me. So if you want some speed out there on the edge and a guy that's going to play some tough ball because I played in a tough conference, then come holler at me. Yeah, I just want to make known real quickly to you, Scott Fitterer or Josh Fitty Marlowe, that he's going to be causing some team problems if he knows teammates' girlfriends' middle names. I know Carolina had that rumor going on. I don't know if that's something <laughs> that you might be afraid of. I just wanted to point it out. Now, he is a cornerback, I believe. I know you said edge and corner, but interesting. We'll have to do the blind resume thing even more so. I'll tell you right now, I'm a cornerback. And it's not a position that we've talked a lot about, but I do think is a big need for this Carolina Panthers team. I scored in the top 11th percentile when it comes to relative athletic scoring among all cornerbacks measured since 1987. Not as fast as me, though. In the top 11th percentile. But I had a bunch of different other categories. I had great size, great speed, and great explosion in my relative athletic scoring. I'm six foot. I'm 198 pounds, so I'm bigger than my counterpart you just heard from. And I got the athleticism. Matt Miller of ESPN said, I had the best senior bowl week of any cornerback and I have the physical and menacing press coverage man you know JC Horn also likes it just telling you Scott Fitterer likes press coverage he likes guys that are dirty and physical like that I played first two years at Georgia before I transferred to an ACC school and appeared in nine or more games in all four years I excel in zone coverage too so not only am I versatile I'm also one of the smartest cornerbacks in this class. Let me give you some stats and then we can end it. I had an 80 coverage grade last year, but even in 2021, I had 21 targets, not targeted all that much, only allowed five catches. That is below a 40 QB passer rating, and I also forced five incompletions. Now, I might not be there at 93, but if you wanted to trade up like Wes predicted, then I could be potentially that target. I'm the cornerback you want because of everything that I just said. And with that, we'll leave it up to the text line, 704-570-9610. No, no sound bites. (laughs) So I play it straight up, straight up, so I don't get accused of cheating anymore. (laughs) What blind resume was best for you, Mr. Fitty? And then we will reveal each of our prospects. Man. It's always good, right? This this was really, really good. But you know, Walker, you kind of showed your true colors when you were trying to you know, downplay another man because he knows teammates, girlfriends, That's middle a names. That's a problem. No, because I look at that as him being resourceful and knowledgeable, wanting to know his teammates in and out of the locker room. <laughs> oh, no, that's way too. And I'm also, you know, I'm a Carolina boy, but I also identify as a Michigan man. Oh, so you so you're trying to guess. Wes gets to win today. Oh, yeah. Two in a row. Let's get it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, no, you take those grunts. 
and you bury him. Yeah, I don't want any of those yeah. grunts. He chose you because he liked you causing drama within the locker room. That, you know, Scott Fitterer deserves to be fired immediately. All right, Wes, why don't you reveal to the people who your um, prospect was? I am DJ Turner, cornerback from Michigan. DJ Turner, the second to be exact. Why do you like DJ Turner so much as a possible Carolina Panther candidate? Well, I mean, like I said, the speed is there. I think his only real drawback is the size. I think some people worry about the 5'11", 178, but the kid's athletic index is out of this world. 4.26, 10'11", broad jump, like they said, and everything you read about him as far as the coverage, he excels in man-to-man, always being in the receiver's hip pocket. I mean, those are the things that you're looking for, but he's also uh, adept in zone coverage as well. So this is a guy that could, you know, go anywhere from the second to the third round, but that's why I saw him mock the most. So I think that would be good value uh, down there. Yeah, uh, wide range for my guy as well. And in fact, so much, at least here recently, I don't think my guy is going to last anymore. My guy was Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback mm. out of Miami, mm-hmm. who does have good size. And honestly, when I was I was looking for a cornerback specifically to go with these duels, just because we haven't talked about them as much, mm-hmm. it seemed like you had the same exact idea. Yeah. And I wanted somebody a little bit bigger. And there are a couple of, of smaller corners that project maybe as a, a nickel guy. But I want somebody on the outside opposite of J.C. Horn that also has those physical tools just because I feel like that's going to be harder for opposing quarterbacks to attack. And I like, look, you have Dante Jackson, okay? So I wonder if you move him to the slot, allow him to play his contract out, move on from him, and you already have a cornerback in place, whether that be at 39 or 93. But Stevenson looks like a guy got rave reviews at the Senior Bowl. Everybody loved his ability down there, being a four-year player at Georgia and Miami playing well with the Canes, but also appearing in a lot of games for defenses such as what the Georgia Bulldogs are able to sport out there. I just don't think he's going to be there at 93. The ESPN mock draft I looked at of Matt Miller, who's the one that wrote it, he was in the 80s. I've seen some say, hey, he actually could surprisingly be a first-round pick. You'll get some of those surprise defensive backs that will pop up in the top 30, top 32. Maybe Stevenson is that guy. I think for me, I was looking for a nice blend of athleticism and size. Stevenson projected the best as far as what could happen in the third round, so that's why I chose my guy. I also don't want to try to get caught up in in liking a Miami defensive back because Corn Elder broke my heart. Oh, you liked Corn. You yeah, thought I gonna thought be he was going to be good, too. I thought he was going to be a baller because he had a badass name he was good at miami mm-hmm. and then it just never came to fruition here man i don't want to get caught up in the sauce so- or lost in the sauce again uh, i don't think corn kid saw that he had the juice <laughs> i don't think so not after the fifth round pick and the plus what i'll always remember about corn elder and i apologize to corn himself because as a fifth round pick it's going to be tough immediately but the fact that he was the guy that got burned on the Seahawks comeback against the Panthers yeah. a few years back. Do you remember that? Because they just had they had no cornerback depth. People were getting hurt, so Corn had to play on the outside. I forget who beat him. I think it what my I think it was David Moore, but it was down the sideline and then on and then Seattle finds a way to win. That's what I remember. But I liked Corn. Mark Richt loved himself some Corn Elder too. Yeah, I liked Corn too back in the nineties. He liked Corn in the nineties. I love Corn too. In the corn with a K? Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know. I thought like corn pops or you talking about a kid's cereal group. I didn't know what you're talking about. We had a couple. All right. Uh, let's get to a few of these text messages. Um, people were guessing. We had a couple people get it right. I'll tell you who's been very good at this game. 
Wolfpack James, he mm. knows his prospects. He's been getting everyone right for the most part. You have wow. something to say about that? I'm starting to get concerned he's got the place bugged. <laughs> he's been, yeah. No, he's been good. He's been awesome. We've had a couple of other people get these right. I, I think ours were tough. I gave you a Georgia transfer school, so that, that helps you a little bit as far as transferring to the ACC. So uh, maybe people were able to guess it that way. Um, you know, mixed bag here. Some people saying I won. I think some people are saying Wes won as well. Uh, Big Cat Dan, he gave you a different prospect to look at. He said, I want the tight end out of Michigan, Luke Schoonmaker, in the fourth or fifth round. Mm. He can pass, block, and catch. Uh, If I were to give you yes or no, likelihood of them drafting a tight end, do you think it happens? Do you think it's a good likelihood? I'd say no. You say no. I feel like they're good. They've got young guys, Ian Thomas. They got Tommy Tremble, and then you talk about having Hayden Hurst in the fold. So I think they feel like they're pretty good there. Yeah, if you were to say in the first three picks, I'll say no. I feel like there's some pretty decent value at tight end this year if you wait a little bit later. But I do think they end up walking away with some draft selection used on that position. But Mm. top three, I don't think you're going to use one at top three. Even with some people thinking maybe 39 overall could go to one of those tight ends. I I think they will draft one, but I think it'll be a little bit later in the selection process. All right, we still have some Bryce Young conversation to get to. Alabama safety Brian Branch, he said, if the Panthers don't draft Bryce Young, they're stupid. Is he correct? Is Carolina (laughs) stupid if they don't draft Bryce Young? We'll get to some of that and then talk about what kind of prospect he could be if he just was an average height. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And Charlotte FC, Major League Soccer is now in season in the WFNZ. Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. You might even be able to see Fitty dancing a little bit at the Mm. Doghouse. Join us for the pregame. And post-game parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Follow us on social, the WFNZ Instagram, the WFNZ Twitter. 
and the Wes and Walker Twitter. We always got treats up. We got the stories coming for you, letting you know what's going on in here behind the scenes. All right. So we know what's going on or we think what we know what's going on in the Panthers building. We think Bryce Young is going to be the pick. Everybody has him mocked there. They took down the uh, odds at the gambling house. So you can't even bet on that anymore. And so Alabama safety and former teammate of Bryce Young, Brian Branch, said that if the Panthers don't draft Bryce Young, that they are stupid. And so we asked the question, one, is he correct? Because this is a guy that they're saying if the size wasn't an issue could be arguably one of the best, if not the best quarterback prospect, maybe of all time, just because of how dominant he was in the way that he plays the game. So rarely this is like, and you have to take the size out again, as I said, but this is like the Hornets or the Panthers sitting there with an obvious prospect sitting in their face. Like if the Bobcats would have gotten a chance to draft the Anthony Davis and they went elsewhere. Could could we compare to that? Are the 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 Panthers stupid if they don't pick Bryce? Young? No, I I don't think it's that. I don't I don't I don't even think it's really all that close to being stupid if they move on. Wow. I, I like Bryce Young a lot. Clearly, he's been the guy that I have been saying to pick number one this entire time. I have not wavered, and I'm not wavering now. But to say I don't see people's argument about the size, I get it. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis to a lesser degree. But Anthony Richardson, man, if you feel like you can coach that guy up, I mean, what's beating him? If the S2 score is close to an 80, if he's already in the 98th percentile when it comes to athletic testing, I can see why if you think you can coach him up with the great staff that Carolina has, then what what is next after that, right? Smart QB with that has more athleticism than every single one of you? Okay, you could talk me into that if you really wanted to. I get it. I'm still going Bryce, but I could understand why you might make that selection. C.J. Stroud, you could point to the big game performances that he's had. It wasn't just the Georgia game, the most recent one that we saw him play. It was the Rose Bowl the year prior. What, he had like 570 yards passing? I mean, it was ridiculous. That stat line is absolutely insane. So I could, you could, for, or you could uh, convince me, excuse me, to say, yeah, like, okay, I can get on board with the C.J. Stroud. I've never been so anti-other QB. It's just in what is a tough class for me to try to evaluate, I always relied on the production. I don't know if I would say if Bryce Young is 6'3", 10". I don't know if I'd say he's the best quarterback prospect of all time. I do think he'd be certainly higher, right? I just think Trevor Lawrence, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, John Elway, those guys are pretty ridiculous. I don't know if I'd say Bryce Young was up there because do you just do you add more arm strength, right? Like, do, do you give him more arm strength? Do you give him more arm talent? Do you give him more explosion, right? Like, if you were to do that, then okay. But I'm just looking at what he has right now in a taller and a little bit heavier frame where some of those other guys had better tools. And so that's why I would say no. But, yeah, he would clearly be rated higher in the all-time prospect list for sure. Um, I mean, I would put him up there with any of those guys. And as much as I love Trevor Lawrence, I would beg to say that he – if he had the size that he would be uh, maybe even a better quarterback prospect than Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence didn't put up numbers like this. Uh, when you talk about the way that he plays the game, Heisman Trophy, national championship, uh, rarely lost games this season, had an incredible season statistically, even with talent that was average 
for Alabama standards uh, with, with the receivers that they had. You go 79 touchdowns to 12 interceptions in two seasons for this guy. And I think that this is a special, special prospect. Now, did I think at times that Anthony Richardson was going to be the guy? I thought that was maybe who they were going to pick because I was trying to read the tea leaves. But I've always said who they should pick. It's this guy. His style of play, he came right in from high school and was every bit the prospect that he he was billed to be. He's been fantastic in pretty much every game Alabama's ever played. So I do subscribe to the fact that uh, Peyton Manning didn't win a Heisman. Uh, Peyton Manning didn't win a national championship, and he was playing at the time. People that may not remember, Tennessee was a national power. He played on some loaded teams to which T. Martin took those teams to championships the next uh, a championship the next season. Now, Peyton Manning, no disrespect to him, but as far as a college career, he doesn't compare to Bryce Young. So I just think that this guy is just uber talented. He's been every bit as dominant as he was built to be coming in. I just think that people can't get past the height and weight on this kid. And I think if he was 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds, we would be talking about him like a tall tail that I love so much, the Paul Bunyans and the John Henrys and yeah. things like that. I think hmm. he would be right up in there in that class. But I do think the Panthers, it would behoove them to pick him. And I do think it wouldn't be the smartest decision uh, if they passed him up, because I do think he's going to be the best prospect out of this class. I've come around on Anthony Richardson a lot. I feel like you can coach some of the things out of him that you can. I do like C.J. Stroud, but I just feel like as far as just being the best prospect that got us ready to come in today and produce, I don't know if people think he plays a boring style or what, but I think this is a guy that if you're the Panthers, it makes the most sense, and I think it's you have to take him. Yeah, I'm taking him, right? I, I don't. I don't view this as Anthony Davis to MKG, as you talked about. I don't view it in in that vein at all. Anthony Davis was a generational guy, and MKG, Bradley Beal, I know they missed on that. I just don't view it as that big of a drop-off because I do think that there are absolutely valid arguments to take other guys if you want to. I still think Bryce Young is the best, but it's not like I think you're absolutely ridiculous if you want C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young or if you want Anthony Richardson over a Bryce Young. So I don't think it's going to be this huge blunder if they pass. Now, they're not going to, okay? So, like, all this is hypothetical. They're going to take Bryce Young number one overall. And we're going to see how it works out with the size, with the smarts, with all the talent, with the production that he had in college. It's all hypothetical. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be crazy, especially if Richardson, if he you know, starts to get coached up and all the accuracy problems, they go away. Yeah, man, that's going to be tough to stop. Richardson is going to be real tough to stop. And I just like this class overall, to be honest with you. I, I know people have kind of poo-pooed it, especially coming into the beginning of the process. Oh, well, let's just wait till Drake May or Caleb Williams. Okay, m- maybe maybe these guys aren't those types of prospects, but I really like the top four. I do. I, I think they can all be impressive in different ways, and that's why I understand why they're all up here being considered top five pick, even with guys even losing some of the steam. See, I do think as far as play on the field, I do think there's a drop-off between Bryce Young and the other prospects. Uh, I like C.J. Stroud, but we looked at the numbers under pressure. We saw what he did in those Michigan football games. Bryce Young never had a game like that. He never had a game where you were like, man, if Bryce Young would have played better, Alabama would have won. He showed up every week. Now, was he a perfect, flawless prospect? No. But as far as just how dominant he's been with what he had to work with last year at Alabama – 
I just think that on the field, and I mean between him and Levis and Richardson, there is that is Anthony Davis to MKG, in my opinion, as far as Bryce Young compared to those wow. guys. Um, yeah, you talking about on the field? They're not even close close to him. CJ Stroud is is in the ballpark, but he's not Bryce Young. But I mean, we can do like production differing with actual prospect status because there's a lot of guys that had crazy production, right? Like if you were to say, let's go with Josh Allen compared to Baker Mayfield that one year. You know, Baker Mayfield comes in as a Heisman winner, as somebody that was throwing all over the yard, and Josh Allen was someone that did not even come close to the level of production, but clearly was the athlete, clearly had the rushing ability, and Josh Allen turned out to be the better guy. Now, Baker Baker Mayfield didn't have the processing Bryce Young has. That matters a ton. But Baker was pretty accurate coming out of college. And yet, Cleveland messed up. Not drafting Josh Allen, number one overall. Instead, they took the smaller guy. But Baker Mayfield, production-wise, as far as the years that they had, yeah, Baker, it wasn't even close between Josh. And so I get what you're saying. Production-wise, who who is going to compete with Bryce? I totally get you on that. Well, I also feel like, too, just eyeball test when you watch him play. Like you said, all the things that he was able to do especially Alabama coming out of a a pro-style system. This wasn't like it was just RPO because a lot of things with Baker, uh, to your point, yeah, Baker was very accurate and things of that nature, but he was also playing in a shotgun offense that wasn't necessarily realistic to the NFL game that he would play. And Bryce Young was able to to show going under center that he could be a dominant football player as well. Like he can give it to you any way you want. As you said, time will tell and we'll see. But just when you watch Bryce Young play, it's just – as people like to say, sometimes you can't put your finger on it, but you can't kind of can with him. It's just different. Like he's just he's just different on that football field than everybody else in this draft. Yeah, no, I, I that's why I have him number one too for sure. What's next on the list? <laughs> uh, so we <laughs> talked about it just now, just saying would he be considered the greatest be- uh, prospect of all time? So we we got to that. So you think though, just to be clear that there are other prospects you consider. Would you even consider him a top 10 type of guy all time? Uh, Coming yeah, out into it, the draft in your area since you've been size, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he had that size, yeah, for sure. I, I think that he'd probably be a, a top 10 guy. Yeah, for sure. Right. I, I just think the size, it matters a lot too. I just think when you're talking about elite traits as well, if we're not increasing the arm strength of Bryce Young, even if that might be something you don't think is as important, it's still nice to check all of the boxes. And so when you're talking about best prospects of all time, then those guys are checking all of the boxes when it comes to accuracy, processing, size, arm strength, talent. If you do feel like there's a different definition, does does Bryce five inches added to his height and 10 pounds added to his weight, does that project the same as a John Elway or even an Andrew Luck coming out as far as a prospect goes, I would say no to that, but it would still be very high. So yeah, hundred like if he was taller, for sure, I, I don't think there would be that big of a question as far as who the number one pick would be. I'll give you that for sure. All right, turning the page to guys that are tall to hit on over the weekend, Carolina picked up a commitment from Harrison Ingram coming over from Stanford. So the Tar Heels finally land a big transfer portal prospect coming off of the heels of Cormac Ryan joining the team. This was the Pac-12 freshman of the year in 2022. So I'll go to Fiddy on this one. How excited are you about this get for the Tar Heels and what will he bring to this team? 
You know, this was the first time all offseason I was hot in the shorts over what Carolina was doing <laughs> because this is a guy that can impact the game in a lot of different ways. You look at his points per game total, it's not sexy, it's a half points. You look, you look at his three-point shooting, it's not impressive, 32%. But he's averaged over six rebounds for his career. He offers versatility on both ends of the floor, and he gives something Carolina hasn't had since Cam Johnson. And that is an effective wing on both ends of the court. And the fact that Carolina got as close as they did to winning a national championship without an effective wing in today's uh, day and time is really impressive because that's really the difference between teams that win championships and the teams that don't. Um, and so I just look at him and, and I, I look at with what Carolina's done all offseason. Paxson Wojcik, nice. Jalen Withers, nice. Cormac Ryan, the original Pilgrim. Nice. <laughs> wow. You know, th th this this move really is the first time I've really bought in and said, Hubert Davis has a plan, and that plan is coming to fruition, and I feel a lot more confident about the direction of the program than I did, say, three weeks ago. And this before you go, Walker, I was just going to add in, they have now jumped over NC State in the transfer portal uh, rankings for basketball. They're fourth, NC State's fifth. This is some, this is someone you have to watch play. I, I looked at the basketball reference page, and the shooting isn't good. There's no doubt about it. He shot 41% from the field last year, wasn't a good three-point shooter Shooter on three attempts per game, isn't a good free-throw shooter, okay? Like, that's that's a big weakness with this guy. I was like, okay, great. You know, here we are talking about how Carolina needs shooting. Started to watch him play. His feel is awesome. I, I, if he can make more shots, he's going to be a fantastic basketball player. And it's why the guy was a five-star coming out. You know, this is someone that I know at least people within the Locked On podcast network were talking about him possibly being a draft pick, but just hasn't come together at Stanford all that much. But he's a great passer. He's very good. And it got me thinking, okay, who were some of the better wing passers Carolina has ever put out there on the basketball floor? I mean, Harrison's a better, I think to me, Harrison's even better passer than Cam. And I love Cam Johnson. What about Theo? Theo's a good one. That's the one. Yeah, Theo that's, was it. That's, that's the one, right? So if you're, if you're going to try to go back and make some kind of passing comparison, Theo is the guy. But think about how important he was, right? Like Harrison Ingram being able to facilitate an offense outside of even R.J. Davis. Think about the big difference. R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, didn't know who was point guard. Caleb Love would do the hero shot thing. Some of that might have been on him. Some of that might have been on the way he was coached. But now you're going to somebody different in just the makeup of how he is as a player. Now you're going with somebody that did almost average four assists per game. It's pretty decent at a wing position in college basketball. I'll take that any day of the week. That's what I'm happy about. I think if you're a Carolina fan, you watch him play. You see his feel of the game. You see them. He's going to be able to kick out to RJ Cormac, you know, do some nice slip passes to Armando, man. That that's what I'm excited about. This guy before watching him play wasn't a fan, big old fan with how he fits within this. system. Yeah, I think it was a nice pickup for them because the thing is you talk about the shooting, but he's a young guy, though. He has time to develop. He can get better. He's shooting. He shot the three point ball at 32 percent. But like I said, under the coaching and continuing to get better, having Armando down there on the block and the spacing that some of the other shooters will provide. I think that he can get better in that aspect. So good to see the Tar Heels, I guess, for their fans, not mm, for me. But, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, but seriously, they, they are starting to get it together in the transfer portal. This was a big get. If you don't get Ingram and you get somebody of the same Cormac Ryan ilk, which Cormac is not a bad player. I don't want to spread that. 
but he's not the kind of potential that Ingram has. So if you get somebody like Orion more so than what Ingram and his potential is, how are we feeling overall, Fiddy, as a Carolina fan? Because I I wanted to see the one, right? Okay, you, you have your sights on one impressive basketball player that yeah. really has some all-ACC potential if things go right, maybe third team, you know, has has that type of potential. You got him. If you didn't, and you don't drastically increase on one of these positions, I would have been feeling a lot worse, but I feel a lot better with Ingram coming over. Yeah, I think the tricky thing is is that had they missed on Ingram and they would have gotten Matthew Cleveland, the FSU transfer, mm, yeah. the 6'7 guard, Fair. I wouldn't have been complaining. They're not going to get him. He released a top three yesterday. Carolina wasn't among them. So if you'd have told me they were missing, if, if, if they missed out on Ingram and then they missed out on Matthew Cleveland, I'd have told you we're kind of where we are, where we were three weeks ago, which was a non-NCAA tournament roster. And look, it's a program that the expectation, bar none, is to make the Final Four. When you go to 20 of them, that's the expectation. After you miss the tournament, I've just come around and said, well, guys, we got to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. They now have a tournament roster, which is something they didn't have before they got probably Ryan and Ingram, and Ingram two guys they got within three days of one another. Well, that's tremendous. For them, and we're going <laughs> to keep Fitty talking because we're going to get that last Fitty flash of today. Dig deep, Fitty. Come on. All right, guys. <laughs> you got a couple of NBA playoff games on tonight. Game four is in Miami and in L.A. Overall, from the playoff basketball weekend that was, what stood out to you guys the most as the first round of the, as the, of the, of the NBA playoffs, excuse me, continues on here? I would say probably the Golden State Sacramento series, just the way that went yesterday. I thought Steph making a mistake like he did could have really cost them, but that series is turning out to be really good. Uh, I was surprised that the Lakers beat the brakes off the Grizzlies uh, the other night the way that they did. I thought I'd be enjoying the fight and the game, but that game was over with pretty quickly. So we'll look to see how the Grizzlies bounce back tonight. Yeah, I, I agree with both of those. I'll give you something different, though. How about Miami leading Milwaukee to yes. the one? I don't care if Giannis wasn't playing. Still surprising. Miami. Come on, not, heat, baby. Miami had not been good. And and you're talking about a win in the play-in tournament after they got beat by Atlanta the first time, okay? The second game they play against Chicago, What I think Struess has a 25-point performance and they barely win. I, I forget what that margin of victory was. But even without Giannis, Milwaukee... Drew Holiday, Middleton playing well, Brooke Lopez, they still should be leading that series. And now it's going to Miami with a 2-1 lead. I don't think it continues with Giannis coming back, but I'm still surprised to see them get two games in this series. I'm disappointed neither of y'all said what was the most obvious takeaway from this weekend in the NBA postseason. Playoff basketball in the Garden is the best environment in sports. And that was a surprise, too, for them to go up 3-1. to one. I thought that this series was going to go down to the wire and that they were going to tie it, which Cleveland could still get that W going back home. But, yeah, the Knicks taking a commanding 3-1 series lead. Cavs look shook, and that's what I was a little nervous about coming in because they're a little young, but I thought it doesn't matter. Donovan Mitchell is here, and he's had nice postseason performances before, but they still look shook. And even Evan Mobley, I really want him to be an awesome player. It's I feel like the moment's getting to him, so it's good experience for him, though, for uh, the future. When we return to close this thing down on this day in sports history, what's on tap? This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One more segment to go on Wes and Walker. And we got some interesting news coming out with an article, a DJU questionnaire back and forth, an interview with the former Clemson quarterback now playing with Oregon State. He shared some comments on what he thought about Clemson's offense last year. They're a little spicy, Wes. I know you got some of the comments in front of you. What kind of things did DJU talk about with the offense last year? Yeah, we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but he just called Clemson's offense basically – Basic. Basic. Okay. So he said that, said it didn't help him out a lot, and it was very commiserate with what I had heard from the Clemson beat writers that I spoke to uh, at the ACC championship game this past December, man. So I can't wait to dig into that because I'm sure the Clemson fans are going to be very fired up about this. Uh, 704 said, you guys were wondering if Young would be an all-time prospect if he were bigger. He's just not. Why talk about what ifs? Fitty said. Because that's all we do on the radio. And verbatim what Fiddy said. He said, that's what we do in radio, question mark. And so if we want to do the what if game, I was going to pose another one to you. Let's say DJU has a different offensive coordinator last year. Let's say maybe they make the Garrett Riley hire before last season, right? This is stretching it, but for sure, let's do the what if game. Is DJU still starting at QB for Clemson coming into this season? Well, I think Garrett Riley still wouldn't be that fit because He's more tailored because a lot of people are saying how K. Klubnik is tailored to this. It's RPO, quarterback, run heavy. DJ didn't want to do that. Coming out of high school, he was a West Coast guy, man. West Coast offense. So I don't think it would have been that great of a fit for him. But so we'll I'm stretching too much. Does. That's okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That's all nah, right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's going to be fun to see what he can do out there since he feels like he's in a system that fits him. I mean, I'm rooting for him. He's one of my favorite players to talk to every year. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to see. Um, Stanford P with his what if scenario. What if Fitty never tore his ACL? Where would you be if you never <laughs> tore your ACL in church league basketball, softball, or any of the church league sports? That's a really good question. I, I still think the, the the sad answer would be I'd still be here on radio because I was just <laughs> married to the game at a young age. Married to the game. I was going to ask if we were talking about a small quarterback at number one for the Panthers, except it'd be you, 5'7", Josh, Fitty, QB, Marlowe. I thought maybe that would be the thing we were talking about. I don't know if that building could handle me. <laughs> I don't think they could either. <laughs> Bank of America Stadium, no way. David Tepper, you'd be the real boss if you were the number one pick by Carolina, <laughs> just like you are on this show, especially when it comes to on this day in sports history. What you got for us, buddy? All right. Got some uh, some fun facts that even got your attention in the pre-show. Uh, On this day in 1923, so 100 years ago, U.S. President Warren G. Harding witnesses the first shutout ever thrown (laughs) at Yankee Stadium as Babe Ruth hits a home run in a 4-0 victory over the then Washington Senators. 
Uh, on this day in 1962, Sandy Koufax struck out 18 Chicago Cubs in a 10-2 victory at Wrigley Field. Koufax tied the record of 18 strikeouts in a single game. Real quickly, anytime people bring up Sandy Koufax, people will make the case that he's the best pitcher of all time. There was that small stretch that he had. Is there any peak dominant performance of like five, six years? It was short, but clearly the best during that stretch that you can go to. I always go Sandy Koufax. I also wonder about like Terrell Davis when he was the running back for Denver. It was such a short run that he had with the Broncos, but also it gave him Hall of Fame prowess. Is there anything that short where you're also talking about, okay, this guy is the best in the game despite that stretch not being nearly as long as you'd want it to be? Yeah, man. I mean, you look at guys like Patrick Willis maybe and some other guys yeah. that retired early. Yeah. Luke I mean, Keekly? Keekly is our guy. It's not – I don't think it's quite as short, although, man, what would – I mean – like 12 to 19, I guess, 12 to 20, something like eight, that. I mean, I mean eight years in the one. NFL, it's, that's, that's not bad. We just had, I mean, this thing is coming full circle because we just had this Cam Newton conversation, had eight good years with Carolina, and then that was it. Um, people are writing in Bo Johnson. It's Bo, like, yeah, I, I know people. Bo Jackson. Or Bo Jackson, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah, me. No, you're yeah, good. So with Bo Jackson, yeah, that's probably a good one. He's he's always the answer everybody he's gives for what if. clean bill of hell, for sure. All right, keep writing in the photo finish text, and we can get to him. All right, my last one is on this day in 1994, David Robinson became just the fourth NBA player to score 70 in a game, hitting 71 for the Spurs in a 112-97 win against the Clippers. That performance would help him clinch the NBA uh, scoring championship over Shaq. Robinson, 29.8. Jack 29.3. What NBA big men today is best equipped to score 70 in a game? Joel Embiid, probably, just because he's so efficient, even yeah. with post ups. It just doesn't matter. If you want to dump it down low, he can definitely take over. So I think Joel Embiid, if we're talking just big guys, I don't know who else would compete with him. Jokic is going to pass too much. He's not going to take enough threes, despite being an MVP candidate. I don't I don't know if there's another answer outside of Embiid, unless you want to consider Giannis, Giannis. potentially yeah. a big guy. But and the thing about Giannis, too, worse three-point shooter than Joel. So can Joel also go off for like five three-pointers and then just do work down low, where Giannis is just doing the whole transition thing all the time? Well, LeBron's fun. a big baby. Does that count? <laughs> Fun fact yes. about that game, though, Dominic Wilkins said on Knuckleheads that uh, Donald Sterling actually came in the locker room and he told them that he was going to sit the starters early and let David Robinson uh, get the scoring title because he didn't want the Eastern Conference to get it. Oh, there you go. Yes. And a, a, a Donald Sterling story. We can have a couple <laughs> of those outside. Real quickly, Robinson. The fact that he scored 70, he also was the last person ever to get a quadruple double. Weird freak stats from David Robinson. We don't David really Robinson talk about as yeah. much. We go with Shaq, Hakeem, even still gets a lot of love. But David Robinson would put up some nuts stats during his reign. Uh, QC, uh, QC Sam texted in an answer for guys with the shortest yeah. uh, 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 length of dominance. So we were talking about this guy the other day. Tim Lincecum, the yeah. pitcher for the Giants. Kyle brought him up as a good comparison out of sport for Bryce Young totally agree was one of my favorite pitchers in baseball couple Cy Youngs I believe back to back if I'm not mistaken and was dominant on the mound just didn't last all that long really good one. I was gonna say Jacob DeGrom but like the the way this year's going for him in Texas maybe he doesn't apply but I mean his two Cy Young years were dominant two years ago he had the lowest ERA at the all-star break 
You could probably go with a few different pitchers there, yeah. right? Uh, pitchers will have a shorter run. Cackalack wrote Dwight Howard. His was longer than you might want to give him credit for. He was doing a pretty good job. Zach Granke also underrated for a while. Jack wrote that in. Dontrell Willis. Yeah. Love Ooh, me some D-Train. Yeah. D-Train. Best leg kick in the entire game. <laughs> Hat to the side. Love watching that. Also, I still say nobody wore the hat better than the closer, Francisco. Oh, man. Well, I forget his name. The Rays closer who had his hat tipped to the side. No, I forgot it. We were just talking about Rays. Oh, that's tough. I hate to do that. End on something I can't think of in time. All right, that'll do it. We'll tell you tomorrow who the Rays closer back in the day was on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig.